Hello, hello, beautiful daughter of God. Welcome back to another episode of Surrender to Conquer. In today's episode, it will be a serious one. If you've been following me or you have tuned into the podcast before, you may already know that as a child I faced sexual, verbal, and physical abuse. And in today's episode, I want to talk about how my abuser, who was also my stepfather, was redeemed, and why and how I was able to forgive him, and why you are supposed to be forgiving someone else that you need to forgive. And I believe that God brought you here to listen to this episode today for a reason. So please do stay tuned. Do you dream of a happy, abundant prosperous life, a life where you feel fulfilled, worthy and courageous, one where you can believe in yourself and your God-given abilities and gifts, a life where you can stand up boldly in who God created you to be, but instead you're feeling stressed, weary, overworked and pessimistic. Hi, I'm Vilma, a certified Christian transformation coach as well as an NLP Master Practitioner. As an Ambassador for Christ, it's my mission to advance God's Kingdom through sharing my experiences as a testimony of His grace and mercy. Let's transform your life by conquering those hindering beliefs so that you may fulfill your purpose and create an extraordinary life. I'm here to teach you how to swap your way for God's way. I would like to empower, encourage and inspire you to walk in Christ's power. You are destined to lead the promised life of abundant love, joy, peace, patience, faith and prosperity. Therefore, brothers and sisters, be all the more diligent to make certain about His calling and choice of you. For as long as you practice these things, you will never stumble. Join me now. Welcome back. So, let's get started. But before we get started, I need to issue a warning. This is a sensitive topic. So do not, let you, do not listen to this episode when you have children around you. It would be best to maybe listen it when you're alone or if you have your headphones available. As I said, this is a sensitive topic. So please use your discretion and rather listen to it by yourself before you decide to share it with anyone else or to have someone else listen to this. So, let's get started. My mother married my stepfather shortly after I turned, I think, about six. And I have very few memories of my early childhood. I do remember some of the good and some of the not so good. I only have two distinct memories of being sexually abused. And that is the first time when I was inappropriately touched touched by my stepfather and the first time that he tried to have intercourse with me. Then, at about, at about age 11, I remember when he came into my room and immediately I told him to leave. And if he ever come back, that I am telling the whole world what he was doing. And my, my, stepfather, was, my stepfather was an alcoholic. And abuse, the abuse was always worse when he was not sober. So I remember 
nothing of the in-betweens of the sexual in, of the sexual abuse. And according to according to the psychologist that I have seen many years ago, she told me that I've repressed all those in-between memories. But I'll talk more about that a bit later in this episode. So after that episode where I told him never ever come into my room again, um, I will tell the whole world the sexual abuse stopped. But then that was when the verbal and the physical abuse got much worse. Now fast forward many years. Um, I've left home already, living on my own, and I met my husband. And we were at an event with my parents. Um, I think I was about 19 years old. My stepfather actually admitted to the abuse. At the time of the conversation, he was not sober. But I remember his words as if it was yesterday. But again, what I cannot remember is my response or my reaction to that, to that admission of his. Um, yes, I, as a child, I confided in my mom and she did not believe me. But many years later, when I spoke to her about it, she acknowledged it, but said it was too late for her to do anything about it. And she admitted to it that she was also scared of my stepfather. At times, I've blamed my mom for not protecting me. I never could understand how she could stay with him either. He abused her as well, especially when he was under the influence. I remember her having to hide or lie about the bruises on her body. I've seen copies of the police reports. Then there was also the mental and, emo and emotional abuse. It was not a, as if she was not capable of looking after us by herself. So many times she was the only breadwinner. So I could never, ever, ever understand how in the world do you stay with a man that abuses you? that do not treat you like you are the daughter of God. But nonetheless, it's not for me to understand or have the answers. So getting back to my stepfather again. Around 2002 or I think 2003, something changed and he decided to go to rehab. He's been an alcoholic for most of his life. So while there, he accepted Jesus and thank God that he never relapsed and was sober until the day he passed away in 2015. So that was why when my parents were going through a very tough financial time in 2012, my husband and I were able to offer that they can come live with us. As Christians, we knew that it was our duty. You have to look after your parents, no matter, no matter what they've done to you. and. We specially bought a property with a granny flat so that they could live with us because I did not want them living in the same house as us, even though we still had very much of a love-aid relationship. And one of the things that I'm most grateful for since my stepfather passed away is the fact that my children had the privilege of knowing the better side of him. And to me, that was much more valuable than my own hurts growing up as a child. He sort of made up for his mistakes by being the best version of a grandfather that he could 
that he could be, that he that he knew how to be. Was he the perfect grandfather? No, not at all. But he did his best that he knew how. And as a result, my children hold very fond memories of their grandfather. Now, I... Even though they lived with us, I was always extra protective of my children when it came to him. Even though he changed and he was a child of God and he wasn't drinking anymore, I I obviously still had trust issues. And I would never, ever, ever, ever leave my children alone with my father. And from the day that we knew that they would be coming to stay with us, I would always warn them about anyone touching them or doing something and telling them to keep it a secret. I mean, I've done this with them ever since they were babies because of what happened to me. But I drilled it into them more and more and more, especially because of the fact that my father came to live with us. So, and daily, I warned them that no one in the world should violate a child, not a mummy, not a dandy, not granny or grandpa, not a friend or uncle or aunt, no one. And I told him, your body belongs to you, to no one else. So let's just backtrack quickly to getting back to my own repressed memories. At one time, I was going through an extremely stressful time at work, and I just, I was advised to go for counseling. And obviously, you 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 should know that when you've been abused, whether physical, sexual, or emotional, all of those, all of those, all of the abuse has an effect on you as an adult. It affects your relationships. It it affects everyday life. It affects how you deal with stress, your coping mechanisms. And um, so, let me not get ahead of myself. The psychologist kept hammering on the fact that I was abused as a child, and she wanted us to focus on fixing that. She suggested that we try hypnosis. Since I have repressed those childhood memories, and I I simply refused. I was there to find a better way to deal with my stress and emotions, not digging up the past. I always had the mindset that things of the past should stay in the past. You can't change it. Nothing you can do will change it. So why in the world would you want to worry about it? And Isaiah 43 in the Bible says, Do not call to mind the former things or ponder things of the past. So needless to say, I did not finish our sessions with a psychologist. Getting to forgiveness. In... In all the years that my stepfather was sober, he never spoke to me about abuse, never admitted it again, except for that one time, and he never asked me for for forgiveness. Thinking about it now, I don't even think that I ever expected forgiveness from him. I also did not tell him that I forgave him. But that changed on the night that he passed away. The day that he that he passed away, just some some background. Um, on the day that my that my stepfather passed away, we visited them as at that time my parents weren't living with us anymore. And 
in a week it would be my mom's birthday. So we took them some cake and a present so that we could wish her because we wouldn't be able to visit them during the week to see her on the day of her birthday. While we were there and we visited, we had some laughs, we talked, and Dad folded some paper planes with the boys and he made jokes with them. And eventually we said goodbye and just as we got back home, my mom phoned me frantically saying that Dad had a stroke or something. And we must come back immediately because she's trying to get the ambulance and she can't find the ambulance or something. And we rushed back over and found the ambulance again, got the ambulance and we waited for them. And the emergency response personnel, we could see when they got there. They they told us we can expect worse. And when we got to the hospital, scans revealed that he suffered severe brain damage because of a brain tumor. And he had a brain, because of the brain tumor, he had a stroke. So the doctor told us that we we would need to say our goodbyes um, because he would, he would never be, if, if by a miracle, he would regain consciousness, he would be a vegetable because of the severe brain damage. As I was standing there and, and the doctor said we need to say our goodbyes I, I all of a sudden remembered the words of my work mom um she once told me when we were speaking about abuse and my stepfather and all that she said to me because she, this is something that she went through as well she said to me um the best thing you can do is to is to forgive your abuser because once he has gone you will forever live with a regret of not being able to do it. But as I was standing there next to, to my stepfather's bedside, I was holding his hand. I could not utter the words out loud. I could not say, I forgive you. I closed my eyes and I decided there's only one person that can pass this message. So I turned to God and I prayed that God would place it in his heart that I have forgiven him or that I forgive him. And I want to urge you today that if there is someone that you need to forgive, go ahead and do it. Forgiveness does not mean that your transgressor is getting away with it. No, you choose to be obedient and let God be the judge. You, you leave room for the wrath of God. Vengeance is his. 1 Corinthians 13 verse 5 states, Love does not take into account a wrong suffered. So if we want to please God, we have to let go and forgive. If you do not choose forgiveness, it means that you choose to carry the anger, the bitterness, and the resentment within you. And forgiveness sets you free. It sets you free to be at peace. Forgiveness is freedom, and freedom equals peace and joy. And again, you're not doing it, you're not forgiving your abuser for their good, you're doing it for yourself. Proverbs 17.22 says, A joyful heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit dries up the bones, and that is so true. Even though it's not easy, it's not impossible. The things which are impossible with man, 
are possible with God. But more importantly, you need to know that there are consequences for not choosing forgiveness. Luke 6 verse 37 says, Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Pardon, and you will be pardoned. Ephesians 4 verse 31 and 32 All bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and slander must be removed from you. Along with all malice, be kind to one another compassionate, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ has also forgiven you. God is your healer. Healing will not happen overnight. It's not easy, but it's not impossible. But as long as you trust God, He will heal you, piece by piece. Not through your strength, through His strength and wisdom that is within you. He heals the brokenhearted, and He binds up their wounds. And Again, no longer call to mind the former things or ponder things of the past. The Lord is the one that will be fighting for you. All you have to do is to be silent. And also, I I made this mistake. And I'm asking you, please don't blame God for things that happened in your past. Evil forces dwell on earth and bad things happen to good, innocent people. But God causes all these things to work together for your good. And just because these things happened doesn't mean that God did not protect you. But if you give your afflictions and your hurts to God, He will transform them. And you'll be able to turn your tests into a testimony, your mess into a message, and your misery into ministry. I really love this quote from Rick Warren. In closing, I want to ask you, please trust your instincts. If you're being if you're being abused mentally or emotionally or sexually, know that it isn't right. You don't have to live this way. Abuse and neglect are never, ever, ever, ever your fault. Get out before it's too late. Find someone to talk to. Find a safe place to go to. Never think that there's no way out. Especially if you're a mom with children, I beg you, get your kids out. God can make a way out for you. Ask Him and trust Him to do the impossible. And if you fear immediate physical violence, please call your local emergency services immediately. They will help you. God will send the right people to help you. Also, please note that I'm not a licensed psychologist or a healthcare professional. My advice is not to be used as a substitute for professional advice by legal, mental, medical or any other qualified professional. This is my story. This was how I overcame it. If you need to seek professional guidance, please do so. I pray that mercy, peace and love be multiplied to you. You are a daughter of God. You deserve nothing, nothing but the best. May God bless you and keep you. Until next time.